0: Are you considering homeschooling, but don't feel qualified or don't know where to start? Are you a homeschooler and feeling lost or just need some encouragement? This podcast is for you. My hope is that through everyday homeschoolers stories, you will be encouraged, inspired and empowered to and in your homeschool. I want to thank my friends and fellow homeschoolers Cole and Lindsay Novak of Good Company for allowing me to use their song, To Be Here Now. You can follow them on Instagram at music.goodcompany, their podcast, Good Company Podcast, on Apple and Spotify, as well as on YouTube. You know those people that you just click with, that you just mesh with, And you know that not only are they going to enrich your life, but they're also just fun to be around, sit around and talk about serious things and not so serious things. That's Angela. She is a mother, grandmother, wife, and a veteran homeschooler. She is kind, warm, and wise, which has made her not only a great mentor, but also a spiritual mother to many. I'm honored to have her in my life and to share her decades-long wisdom with you today.
1: Hey, Angela. Hey! How's it going? It's been good. It's mm-hmm. nice. Warm day. Sunny yeah. day. Muggy day. But it's summer's actually set in, I think, in Texas. Would yeah. you say? I think so. It's pretty muggy out there. Um, thanks for doing this with me. You're welcome. I feel like your voice is so
0: important because you're a veteran homeschooler, and now you have children who have chosen to homeschool, and I just feel like that's a testament in and of itself. So, I'm excited, but I want to start off with who
1: you are, how long you've been married, and how many kids you have, all that good stuff. Okay. Um, so in June, um, I'll be married 35 years. So met
2: my husband when I was 15 at church camp. We got married when I was almost 18 and he was 21, mm-hmm. and so we're coming up on 35 years. Um, because of the grace of the Father (laughs) and um, just pushing through and and just uh, making it a priority. And so we are um, now, I could say, you know, happily married and um, just love growing um, together always and learning. And um, we have five adult children. Uh, This is the year they're all turning. So it's 25, 27, 29, 31, and 33. And we have nine grandchildren and one on the way. Mm Um, so we're super excited about that. Um, we always told the kids, it's kind of funny, um, David said, well, we had five kids. So if each of you have four, that means we're going to get 20 grandchildren. And so he's like, when they announced they were pregnant the other day, he's like, well, we're halfway there. (laughs) I don't know that we'll make 20, but they are all such a gift. So we're just in a great season of, um, you know, life of being empty nesters. You know, it's fun. We have two empty bedrooms. And so the kids will come back, stay the night my husband will go out of town, you know, Hannah will bring the kids and stay the night. It's just fun to, you know, still have, you know, so many of them around here and Mm. and them in and out. And so um, we just really get to enjoy the grandkids and um, call call for them to come over, you know. Um, So that's really the season we're in and and it's just been a super good one.
0: And you're a phenomenal grandmother and I just love watching how hands-on you are and how much you guys do. I mean, both of you, you and David are both so, like, you can just tell you are loving being grandparents, and it's so fun to watch you guys grandparent well. You know, it teaches okay. me, I, it makes me excited about whenever I get to that phase of all the right. things that you do and all how just how much
1: your kids still um, just love being around you guys. Yeah. It's
0: just really sweet.
1: Yeah, I remember um, always hearing, you know,
2: you just wait till your grandparent, you know, that quote, they always, people are always saying, you know, just wait till your grandparent. It's even, it's even better than raising your own children. And I was like, how can that be? Because I really truly did love raising my children, but I get, I get it now in that they get to come over and you're just investing in, you know, a lot of uh, one-on-one time and, and, um, and, and just joy and fun and doing all these activities and then they go back home, and, you know, the result, uh, you know, of grandparenting is you get to be fun, you know, all the time, yes. and do the tea parties, and, you know, and it's just a delight. Them saying, honey, poppy, you know, we um, were with one of ours at church today, and, and she was in my arms, and she just kept going, poppy, 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 you know, and so it's just we're in, it's just that season of um, that they love us, we love them, and as much as they want us to with boundaries, You know, and when your kids grow up, I have to say, is just learning the boundaries of, you know, hey, is it okay if I stop by? Is it, you know, is this a good time? And really just honoring, you know, that can keep a a better relationship between you, your kids, your grandkids, and so on. You know, so I've learned that because it would be easy to just stop by, you know. And so I just want them to feel like they have their own time and their space
1: and their family, you know, Mm -hmm. just like I wanted and needed, you know, so, and that helps a lot. So sweet. Such good wisdom. So I wanted to start with,
0: um, what was your school experience like? What, did you go to public school? Did you...
2: What was that like? Yeah. Oh, goodness. Um, so we moved around quite a bit. My dad was in um, real estate and construction and building. And um, I started out in Alabama. I'm a Southern girl. Uh, <laughs> we couldn't tell by your accent. <laughs> right? And then to Texas and back to Alabama and then back to Texas. So, And I was born in Tennessee. So pretty much Southern through and through. A uh, funny note, my kids would be in all these theater plays and they'd be doing English accent and, you know, Cogni and all these, and I would try to do it. And they, their com- best comment was, Mom, just don't even try. The only thing you can do is Southern. That's it. <laughs> so they always made fun of me trying to come up with a different accent besides Southern just because it was so ingrained in me. Um, but I did private school in kindergarten and first grade, and then I was in public school through seventh grade and then eighth, I was in private. Ninth and tenth, public. Oh wow. Eleventh, private. End of tenth, eleventh, private, and then back to public to graduate because my parents moved to me the end of my junior year, so I went to public school to graduate. So um, it was difficult. It was difficult, mm. like having to constantly um, fit in mm. and make new friends. I think it created a lot of insecurity in me early on um, of, of just doing things to be liked, you know, and, and I saw that follow on into my adulthood, you know, messing with just identity and even friendships of just learning to just be me and, and yeah. who I was created to be and that it's good. and um, But yeah, the inconsistency um, was really hard for me. Um, I did well in school, I adapted well. I was a straight A student, graduated top of my class. Um, went on to Baylor, and then um, we started having babies, and mm-hmm. so I didn't finish my education. Then went back later, didn't quite finish, but saw that I could do it and enjoyed it. And but yeah, so that was really my my educational journey, and I think that actually somewhat played in to to homeschooling my children.
1: Yeah. It,
2: at the time, I didn't think anything about homeschooling. Like that wasn't that wasn't done. So I was in school from seventy six to eighty eight. And you didn't really hear much about homeschooling um, at all. Like, it was maybe distant to me. Um, I think there were some up-and-coming things like Bill Gothard and some different things that I would hear of but I wasn't ever a part of. Uh, But it did absolutely play into me, you know, going ahead and choosing homeschool.
1: Yeah, and how, when was that exactly? Uh, So our first, uh, Rachel, probably pretty much out of
2: not feeling like I could homeschool, lack of confidence. I think every mother um, deals with that at some point in beginning their homeschool journey is just the lack of confidence. Can I really do this? Yeah. What it, Am I gonna mess up? Can I really teach them to read? I think that's a big question. <laughs> I think every mom has to say at one point, will I be able to teach them to read? Right. And uh, for us, our, our firstborn, um, Rachel, went to private school for kindergarten. And within two months, she's just reading like crazy. So therefore, she's reading to the siblings, and they're hungry to learn, and it's going great. And I'm like, this is this is great. And she was five, and I had a three and a one-year-old and probably pregnant with my fourth by then. And so, you know, it was play day during the day for us while she was at school, eight to three. She'd come home, and it was working for us, like mm. it really was. The private school, you know, was working for us. Uh, but then when it uh, came time for Hunter to go to school, we lived on one ministry income uh, okay. back then. <laughs> I think maybe was a good old $10 an hour. And so to put another kiddo in private school would have financially been um, a struggle. It, it wouldn't have been right. You know, able to happen. And so that is when I started looking at the option to homeschool. And I had such a great community around me of moms who were already homeschooling who were looking into homeschooling we had all our children together in fact before even the homeschooling um day started four or five six of us moms would get together in the morning you know from like 9 a.m till about 11 30 do lunch together and then we'd all go home and it would be nap time hmm. so morning time was just us encouraging each other the kids playing you know just not having to be at home all day long with so many kids and you know all my children had three to six kids and so it's just you know it was fun to do it together and I'm still friends with almost every one of those ladies today 33 years later and so that's that was our journey before homeschooling and then when they all began to homeschool um I had put Rachel in private school and so when it became um you know, time to make a decision and pray about it. I knew that we would all have support with each other and they were being successful, even though they only had, you know, done it one year, I saw success Mm. and what I saw for them was freedom. Yeah. Everything I did had to be around that eight to three Monday through Friday um, school day. Yeah. And so I saw that freedom for them. And so again, it came back to that question, but what if I can't teach Hunter to read? And so I talked to Rachel's teacher and I said, tell me every single book you used to teach Rachel to read. Mm -hmm. And so instead of going out and looking at all the different curriculums, um, that might have been overwhelming at the time. And so I think, you know, when I look back, there's times that I go, I wish that I had been a little bit more open with curriculum at the beginning. But at the same time, I see God's hand on it that me taking four little Abeka books gave me confidence. Yeah. And so maybe that's what I needed for that season, you know. And, um, you know, and so I can just stop and say, you know, if you're a mom in that season, you know, don't have a regret that you might have to do a workbook or two to build your confidence, mm-hmm. you know, with your child. You know, or you might you might do, be doing, you know, uh, Charlotte Mason or, you know, our Father's World are all the different curriculums that you can do a little of each. You never have to do it all. Right. And um, so for me, it was bringing Hunter home and Rachel and Hunter side by side. And I was able to just follow that. And he learned to read quicker than Rachel. And so I, it built my confidence enough to go, okay, so now let's start venturing out. And I did. I started looking at Christian Liberty Press. And, you know, all the things y'all have now, we didn't have. <laughs> Thank goodness we had Sally Clarkson and the Wholehearted Child. Um, because that's how I got through a lot of, you know, what I did, but we just, we didn't have all of the curriculums, which some people would say it's just overwhelming. Right. 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 And so you have to hear. And I remember going to each of those homeschool book fairs every single year and just looking at it and was overwhelmed. And where I made a problem for myself was asking everybody else what they
1: were doing. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are do you doing? Kind of that people-pleasing aspect yes. that you struggled with before, that yes. identity crisis. Yeah. Yes. And it, and it felt like
2: I needed to find out what they were all doing and what was working for all of them because then it would work for me. Mm-hmm. And it actually made it more overwhelming. Yes. Instead of me going up and down the homeschool aisles and going, Holy Spirit, will you direct me? Will you mm-hmm. show me what my children need? Mm-hmm. You know, And so I can say that to the mothers out there right now. Comparison is a thief. It will rob you in your home of what your children might need. And Holy Spirit's a really good teacher to say, this is what you need for your child. Right. You know? And, um, and so back to homeschooling, I have to say this. Um, when David and I began to pray if we were going to homeschool, the one clear word that I got was, will you give me each year each child? Mm. That's all I'm asking I'm not asking for the next 20 years. I'm not asking for you to have it all planned out. If you will just give me each year, each child, I will direct you." And that is what I held from 1996 till graduating our last child in 2016. So for 20 years, it was like, okay, Lord, what about this year? What about this child? And. So that was really encouraging to my spirit. And I believe any mom, if you can just say, if if he's asking you to say yes this year, he's asking you to say yes this year, you don't have to have it all planned out. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, don't worry about tomorrow. You know, it takes care of its own. He didn't give us tomorrow.
1: He gave us today, you yeah. know, and he'll give us what we need today. Yeah. I love that. I love that, um, the, that aspect I have, you know, if,
0: the listeners listen to Erica's podcast. That's exactly what she does every year. She asks the Lord, like, is this what I'm supposed to do? And I just think that's such great wisdom because so many people get tied up in like, Oh, I have to have K through 12 lined out and I've got to, you know, stick with this and stick with that. When really you can go, um, any direction you can, you can, um, send some kids to school. You can keep some kids home and, um, and you actually ended up sending Hunter to school
2: at, at eventually, we did, and um, I'll take a step back and share a little bit about Rachel's journey because that was that was before we sent Hunter to school. Uh, when Rachel was in ninth grade, um, and Hunter would have been in seventh at this point, but we had found a community uh, homeschool co ops. You know, mm-hmm. had started popping up. Uh, back then and we didn't have all of the thing my fifth child had so much more <laughs> than my first and second child and now all the children today have so many different you know sports and extracurricular and art schools and all the things and so we didn't have that at the beginning but when Rachel's going into ninth grade we had found a beautiful co-op called Creative Arts in Action. It's now Center for Home Education in Wataga and it only had just a couple of classes and the owner was uh, Stephen Rosie Watson. And we were going there and just taking a couple of classes. And then I was just doing all the other kids, you know, at home. I think everybody took like one writing class or something like that. And it was going into Rachel's ninth grade year that she said, um, I want to go to public school. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I, that the Lord had shown me just all our life, like in, in, for my legacy, I wanted to be a mom. I always wanted to be a mom. I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, I've done different work things. I've been a doula for 20 years and um, done other things and businesses on the side. But I just, I knew I wanted to to raise my children. I wanted to be a mom. And in that, I knew that the greatest purpose for me to teach my kids, you know, is that God has a purpose and plan and we always need to ask Him what that is. Because we're here to glorify Him. Mm -hmm. In the end, I want my life to glorify Him. And I want my legacy to glorify him. And so when she asked if she could go to school, um, I told David, you know, Rachel's asking if she can go to school. And he said, what'd you tell her? And I said, okay, if you want to go to school, then you pray about it. And you ask the Lord, you know, what what's his will for you? And what's your purpose? How will he
1: be glorified in you going to school? Hmm. And Way to empower your child too. <laughs> I love that so much. Thank you. Um, and she
2: wasn't really happy at first with that answer and she came back, you know, probably pretty quickly of like, I want to go to school and go to school. And she was probably just in that stage of, you know, also exhibiting her own opinion, her authority learning, you know, Mm -hmm. you know what she has inside to express. And, um, but she did that a few times and I had a conversation with Rosie and I'd have to say, you know, Rosie would end up being one of my biggest homeschool mentors, mentors, her and Sally Clarkson. And, And, Rosie said give me some time with Rachel too and just trust just trust God with her just just trust and so Rachel was getting involved in speech and debate and um, in fact she won nationals in Point Loma University which ended her up in California later is what made her want to move to California and we just took some months and just kind of didn't bring up the subject but we knew that we had to make a decision to because sophomore year was coming but she wasn't asking all of a sudden And at the end of the ninth grade year, she goes, you know what? I'm fine. I I think I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Uh And so it was, we never really had to go back and forth and argue about it. But I think just by giving her our view for her, Mm -hmm. you know, as our daughter, that she needed to come up with what the purpose, what, how would God be glorified if she's there, you know? And I was fully prepared. For her to come back, she's so brilliant and so smart and thinks so well that she was going to come back with, well, this is how he's going to use me, and this is how he's going to get glory, and this is his purpose, and she was just going to come back with this amazing answer and us have to just say yes, you know, And um, but thankfully, um, that wasn't for her. Her season was, you know, to finish up at home, And um, but then here we come, and Hunter's going into a sophomore year. And he has found a love for theater, um, great at it. He um, even pursued acting, uh, had a full ride um, in theater to Abilene Christian University. Uh, but all of that came out of, you know, and that would have been 2000 and around 2006 or seven for him. And we, again, we didn't have the full-blown theaters and acting classes and all of that. And he really also wanted to play football. And although the sports programs were starting up, football was not part of it. Like we have Thisa now and some of the others. And so um, we prayed about it and the Lord provided. And so he did go to where I went to a Christian school and was able to do um, theater and football uh, for three years before he graduated and loved every minute of it. He was great. He he was in every play. He was great in every play, played football. And, and it was actually fun to be the mom in the football stand and, you know, doing all the things. But I'll say at one point, we pulled him out at the end of one of the years. I can't remember if it was sophomore or end of junior year. And we said, I think that we need to bring you back home to homeschool financially. And he agreed. He understood. Brought him back home. And he was homeschooling for about two weeks. And... I just knew that he was not content. And so mm. I was just like, okay, Lord, if he's supposed to go, then you'll provide. And if a teacher at the homeschool co-op didn't come to one day and said, God told us to provide Hunter's education this year. Wow. And so, again, it was each year, mm-hmm. each child. Yeah. So he goes back to school and he finishes up there.
1: Yeah. You
2: know, and so, um, and overall, um, overall, it was a good experience um, we probably could have kept him a little more sheltered and, and some of the decisions that, you know, had consequences probably wouldn't have happened. But again, we see how God uses everything, you know? And so he did. That's so amazing. Um,
0: when did you find like your community? Because, um, we actually have a mutual friend that, um, I met through our Walden free group and she always talked about this friend that she had that, she was a veteran homeschooler and she had this amazing community, Rachel Page. Oh. and she talked about how she had this you know all this she has she had such a great community for homeschool and I want that I wanna, I want I want that for my own you know my own self and for my kids and she talked about it. then one day you both are at my house and y'all are talking and I realized you're the person that she had been telling me about <laughs> and it was just such a small world moment. But, um, so tell me about like your homeschool community. What, what, what that was like? I mean, you just talked a little bit in the beginning that when they were young, but mm-hmm. how was it, mm-hmm. um,
2: through the years? Yeah. Uh, I think it, it's, it probably was the same all the way through because we all were homeschooling together. And so we would call each other, you know, constantly it was just a calling and saying okay i can't you know my son is you know struggling here my daughter you know and what are you doing about this and how are you handling the little kids while the big kids and and it was just a constant knowing that we had the community to say hey how are you doing this mm-hmm. and this is this is what i'm doing and it's not working have you found a better way and just being open minded and open hearted to go I, I could learn, you know, There's, there might be another way that would be more successful for me. And, um, you know, b- besides the homeschool co-ops um, and just these friendships that we homeschooled with forever and encouraged each other, um, I had a group of ladies that every Tuesday night, our husbands were so amazing. And they would allow us to go out. They would walk in the door, and they would allow us to go out. And we did this for years. Mm. Um, And back then, it was a 50-cent movie on Tuesday night. And we would take, if we had a nursing baby, we would take our nursing babies. And we would go out, and we would either go to a movie and go sit right there and have coffee. I think it was like an international house of pancakes or something. And we would sit sometimes till midnight or 1 a.m. And we would just... Pour into each other and and share our stories and pray with each other and just um, contend for each other and each other's children and it. I don't know that it could have been done without that. I really don't. I think every homeschool mom needs that in their life, whether it's one or two or whether you know it's like like the wild and free where y'all are walking and doing these. It's been really fun to watch all these different people. When I get to go with the um, kids and grandkids to just you know pair up and they're talking and they're sharing their stories and then they're encouraging and then you sit and have lunch and just that encouragement, it's the, you know, it's that cheerleading, you know, like you can do this, you got this and, and taking the, the pressure off of perfection Mm -hmm. and that, that has to look like something or that it's about a grade. Like I could go back right now and say, I wished I hadn't always made it about a grade and I got to where I was freer in that, but that it was more, what are they learning? You know, are they understanding this concept? Maybe it's just a red check mark because you have those kids that are perfectionists, and and if they can't get it right, then they just go into that shame mode. And so it's again asking the Lord, what about this child? Mm. You know, how how do I teach this child, and how do I teach this child, and what does this one need? And um, you know, I remember just talking with our friends and encouraging each other about like like Ashton, that sweet girl, <laughs> she just. Had her own way to do things, but she did it. You know, hers would be upside down. She would literally have her feet up in the air on the couch and have her book down in the front of her, and she's doing her work on the floor, you know. Mm -hmm. And one might be in their room, and one might spread a blanket outside, and one is at the table, and then one might need to do work for 20 minutes, and that's all they could do. And then they could go play for 20 minutes, and then they could come back. And I would find out, you know, I don't know if there's a statistic or anything, but I just found that if they could really learn hard for 20 or 30 minutes, that and have a break that when they come back they really learn hard again you know it's like attention span you know and just not you have to sit still be still you know i found that when i was so controlling of that early on before i learned to adapt to each of their ways of learning that when i was so strict and so like no sit down sit down sit down sit down no we got to do work you know and had this plan and and we're going to get this done yeah all it did was promote chaos, you know, and frustration for me. Intention among everybody. And then everybody's intention. Yeah. And then when all of that began to lift and I realized that Holy Spirit would really guide me even in the day to day and the times that, um, I think you asked somewhere about just, you know, like, what did you do? What did your days look like? Or what did you do with younger children? I found that You know, if we could get up in the morning while the little kids were refreshed, I could get some stuff done with the third and first graders or the fourth, second, and first graders. And then when the littles needed me, the big ones could sit at the table or wherever and kind of maybe finish up some things. But if the littles got busy, we'd say, okay, we're we're putting it aside. And when the littles take a nap, we're going to come back to it. Flexibility flexibility, flexibility. Yeah. That's your friend. It really is. It's your friend when you're homeschooling, especially, you know, five, six, seven, eight kids of different ages. Yeah. You know, and just learning one of the things we did. And even now I'm, I still tell my kids about this, but they had quiet time every single day till they were probably 12 or 13 Mm. because it allowed the littles to sleep, the olders to read and mama to Quiet time, computer, plan a meal, take a nap, whatever I needed to, you know, then uh, refresh for the rest of the day, Yeah, you know. And so it was in that time that I could, you know, go into each kid's room and say, hey, let's work a little bit on this schoolwork. Or, you know, can you do a little bit of reading on this, you know. And at, at one point we were introduced to one of my favorite curriculums, uh, Total Language Plus, And because we loved reading whole books and we learned that when we uh, went to Center for Home Education with Rosie and you just would read a good good book, just a good book. It asked you concept questions. You'd write some things. You know, you would, um, you know, rewrite um, dictations and learn. You know, a lot of your grammar and stuff that way. And so they could read in their quiet times, mm-hmm. and that was still getting some of their school done. And so it's just you know learning how to navigate. I had a craft and toy box that could only be used for the little kids at school time.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: I think still that was one of the. Um, best ways to entertain because it wasn't something they got anytime they wanted, you know, and it would always have yeah. something new in it. And when I pulled it out, they knew it was only for when the big kids are doing school. Yeah. So it's kept them entertained because yes. it's always interesting. Yes. So I did that, you know, as they were growing up. So just, you know, and back to just, it was the moms that were homeschooling with me. And at that time, we didn't have all the co-ops. So we ha- we were the co-op with yeah. each other, you know. Yeah. And then when the co-ops came in, it would be fun to be sitting in the coffee shop with the moms while our kids would do some classes. You know, mm-hmm. as they got older, there were, um, you know, uh, biology and algebra two. And, you know, I taught great all the way to algebra two. But when I got to trig and calculus, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> Somebody else can teach them that, you know. And then we, you know, the science classes, you know. I was mm-hmm. great till physical science. But you know what? Biology and chemistry and Anatomy, I'm good. You can yeah. teach that, you know. And so I loved just that we had the opportunity, you know, at um, Center for Home Education to, you know, allow our kids to go there and you know expand. And I think it's great because now you there are so many moms with so many talents, mm-hmm. and you could have a mom teach your children science while you teach their kids math and somebody else teaches them, um, how to write and be creative in writing. And, you know, another mom teaches art and, um, my children actually used to talk about starting their own co-op, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just think there's just so many, um, potential things that can be done with homeschooling today.
0: And, you know, I
2: think that's
0: the most freeing thing you can tell a mom is that you don't have to do it all. Like you really don't, you can ask a friend, you can ask, you know, you can find a co-op and, you know, we are lucky because we have that um, little cottage school in our area where we can go and their kids can take some classes, but, you know, that's not everywhere. And so, but if, if you have another friend who's homeschooling, or even if you know of a teacher who may just need some extra money mm-hmm. and uh, right. can teach something to your kids, it's, I mean, there's so many opportunities out there for a mother to not feel that pressure that she has to do it all. And of mm-hmm. course, now we have... Things online, I and it, we have so much. And like you said earlier, it's, it can be entirely overwhelming how much we have at our fingertips now as homeschoolers. But um, we do have. You don't have to do it all, mm-hmm. and so that is the best thing. And there's even something that I love about you is that you're you're not afraid to ask questions. You are a great question asker. You're you're just like I I don't know this. I want to learn this. I'm gonna ask and um that's just something that not especially not a lot of women do because um it it almost admits a failure to some people if I have to ask then that implies that I don't know but it's okay to not know it's okay to ask questions and um, and, you know, when you go to the curriculum fairs, there's, you know, the great homeschool convention where you have that, all of that curriculum in front of you and you can go booth to booth and ask questions, but you've got to ask the right questions. You've got to ask good mm-hmm. questions. So that way True. you're able to make an educated decision yeah. on things. And so, um, and even if <laughs> it's as simple as, you know, I don't know how to do divide fractions or multiply mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. ask a friend you mm-hmm. know because that is something that it's like I can teach a lesson you know we're, we're just getting for us we're getting to that phase where I'm like I can teach math but there are certain things that are starting to come up in the math book that I'm like I have no idea mm-hmm. I don't remember how to do that because now we have calculators and um and so I just asked a friend who I knew was decent at math and Mm -hmm. I was like how do you how do you do this Mm -hmm. reteach me Mm -hmm. and then I was able to learn again Mm -hmm. and really quickly Mm -hmm. because I am a kinesthetic learner I have to do it to learn I can't just I can't just sit there and like stare at it and try to I just couldn't do that so I needed somebody to walk me through it so um uh did you ever feel like you um Hit a thriving point in your homeschool or do you feel like you just, you were just constantly adjusting and, but you felt like that was like a good thing, mm-hmm. you know, what, what was, did you ever feel, cause I feel like a lot of people are chasing that perfect ideal. Right. And I feel like it's important to hear from yeah. a veteran homeschooler. of yeah. like, what did, does that ever happen?
2: Right. As I was over at Hannah's while ago, they got a new puppy and I went to see little Rosie And I was telling her I was fixing to do this and just was throwing out some of the questions. And, you know, I told her, I said, I not only just loved parenting, but I loved schooling and being with y'all a lot. And when my focus was on what I enjoyed and what was coming from it and how God was using it, and then it it wasn't so hard to just move the day-to-day. It's when your focus gets on how hard it is or um, I can't do this, and you just start speaking, you know, those kind of things of this is hard. I don't know if I can do this. Um, You know, the kids are out of line, and you just start focusing on all the negative because there is chaos, okay? (laughs) Hello, there's chaos. You know, all you listeners out there, there's going to be chaos. Um, But if you focus on the good and you focus on the benefit and you focus on each child and I do believe that it just becomes a, um, it it really does become easy. It became easy for me to enjoy it because I saw it that way. Mm And, you know, I think that'll preach to every area of your life is what is your focus? You know, what's your gaze on? What's your focus? What has your attention? Um, I believe when you start trying to get too many things in that you're bringing more chaos. And so you have to kind of reel back in and say, you know what? Oh, we're staying home today, you know? (laughs) And so some of it in and out would be we've gotten too busy. And I'd have to kind of pull back and say, okay, we just need to you know, need to pull back and stay home, have some, you know, downtime. Um, but in elementary school, after I got elementary years, um, after I got down the, the morning routine, we would do some at nap time for the older kids and being flexible. Mm -hmm. I just really feel like that, you know, stride was pretty simple. Um, that sounds so easy. <laughs> I, I, I hate that I can't say it was just hard and horrible and you know all of that, but I really think it was the mentality. Yeah, it was my focus. It wasn't focused on negative. Our thought life is important in every aspect of life. Right, and it doesn't mean that a kid didn't act up, and it didn't mean that there wasn't a struggle. But you know, I think about I think it was Susanna Wesley who she would just stop and she'd throw her apron over her head. And her kids knew, Mom is just praying, you know. (laughs) And I'm thinking, yeah, Mom is just praying because if she doesn't pray right now, she's not going to be very nice, right? (laughs) And so, um, and I remember just having to just step out and go, Mom will be right back. And I would just go to my room and just take a deep breath and say, Okay, I need you to guide me. I need peace. If I'm not at peace, they're not going to be at peace. And I don't even know that my kids even remember all that you know yeah. you don't remember everything when you're little yeah but I do remember walking off getting my peace coming back and I could bring peace back with me you know yeah. and so I don't know that there's an easy answer to that question except what I focused on would be you know what made it or broke it you know yeah so um, yeah I just I, that's
0: a great reminder to to mothers because when you're in the thick of it we think we're scarring our children <laughs> and oh, we're, we're yeah. doing we're just horrible mothers and if you're able to look back and to be like I just I know there are hard times and even mm-hmm. your kids it's like they know that there are mm-hmm. hard times but it's not the whole of the memory mm-hmm. it's not at the end of
2: the day mm-hmm. what um what sticks with them
1: mm-hmm.
2: oh it's so easy to to go down the road of, I regret, mm-hmm. you know, or back then I'm messing my kids up or I'm wounding my kids and I just have to be so thankful for a God that redeems that my children, just like me, can go to a good, good father and he can minister to them and heal things. And, and there's openness. They can come back to us and say, you know, this was hard or, you know, We can go make things right if we need to, you know, from that. But just to not live in regret and every day, you know, um, cherish every moment. And um, Sally Clarkson says, cherish every moment of our lives and call them holy. And that's something that she said, and I remember it in thinking as they were growing up about the moments Mm -hmm. and knowing that I couldn't replace the moments and to take... The time you know that it need that I needed you know with them and that every moment is holy some way you know mm-hmm. um, we were really big on um, eating at the table together we were big on praying together um, we were big on taking the kids bringing the the needs and sitting around in a circle and and praying together so that the kids could see you know Father answer and and provide and. Those are the things that I want them to remember more than if they got an A in this or they knew how to divide this, is that they knew how to be individuals that live their lives to please the Lord. And, um, and that, you know, uh, Sally also says, you know, years from now, people may not remember your name, but the way you owned your life, the choices you made, the way you loved, your legacy,
1: mm-hmm.
2: that's what will ripple through the generations that follow after you. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about my kids and my grandkids, and um, and legacy. Because I want people to see Jesus. I want people to um, see how He redeems. I want people to see that um, that children are a blessing. I want Him to see. You know, I want people to see that um, that we all can love well, and we can give our children. Um, the freedom to be who God created them to be. There, there'll never be a cookie cutter job. <laughs> every child learns different, you know. And giving them the freedom, and, and I would also say that that every every kid's path looks different, and that it, success is measured in so many different ways. And giving each of your children the freedom to express themselves, and um, whether that's going to be going to college, whether that's going to be being a mom, you know. Um, we we did a, a dual credit with our kids in college, so by the time Hannah graduated and Ashton graduated, they were like you know m- sophomores in college, mm. and you know like Hannah went off and said I'm gonna do medical school, I'm gonna be a doctor, but all along in her heart was a midwife, and she's able to say I'm ready to quit school. She was a junior, and she was like this isn't what I'm called to do. And the freedom I want our children to know, and I want other people to see that you know, being open-handed and allowing God to direct your children, um, your legacy, um, that so much beauty comes from that, you know, Mm -hmm. not, not holding so tight and, and just being free to encourage them and empower them to be
1: everything God created them to be. And it won't ever look the same and it's okay. Yeah. I, that's, I mean, I think that's speaks to
0: everyone because when you go into the world and you go into a school system what are you going to be when you grow up what are you going to do and you have to have this like path laid out They're, they're trying to make you make decisions about your life when you're you know still a child and it is so overwhelming i don't think um i mean i think it's well intended of you know of teaching a child that there's life beyond childhood and we have to prepare them for that However, no one needs to fit in this box you don't have to go to college to be successful in Truth. life um, you don't you don't have to you know even graduate you know even top mm-hmm. half of your class yes. to right. be successful in right. life because right. there are just because you know because there are kids that are, they have a hard time sitting down and learning, but they're still extremely bright and still mm-hmm. have something to contribute to this world. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I kind of, I would love for you to talk about like what your kids are doing now.
2: Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, so our youngest is in sales. Um, he has one son that's two years old and that is the only grandchild that does not live near us right now. They're in Iowa. Uh, let's see. Um, Ashton is now a mom of three, and they are six, three, and one. Uh, and she is uh, she manages her husband's business. She goes and helps do flowers. Um, she's super creative, mm-hmm. and I just I love watching her homeschool. She's the first to really homeschool, you know, because her oldest is six, and it's really fun. She'll she'll text. Do you still have? Blah 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 from when we homeschooled, and um, and then she goes, "Do you remember those blah blah blah?" And then I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" And I went on Facebook Marketplace and found them again. Those little key things that uh, you know that'll go around and you know meet eight plus four is twelve on the other side, mm-hmm. and, you know. Anyway, and so it's it's been really a joy watching um, Ashton flourish as a homeschool mom and her freedom with her kids and how mm-hmm. she she truly um, is doing it in that way and in and, in and, and equipping and enabling her children the way they were created is really precious um and she's so creative uh hannah is a mom of two and she has been a midwife i'm gonna get it wrong but six to eight years uh, probably one of the most phenomenal midwives i've worked with in 20 years a um, lot of a lot of mama pride there um, <laughs> when i get to do births with her um, and she is raising a 18 19 month old and a three and a half year old and I know there's more to come from them. Um, and she just lives right around the corner too. Um, and then uh, Hunter is, uh, he actually works with his father now um, in a ministry. And they're editors together. And so that's been fun to, um, you know, watch that come full circle. And he was the one that um, doing acting. But he also um, has his own business and um, writes and creates music Um and I'll get that all wrong too, so I won't even try to tell you exactly what he does. <laughs> uh, so he's still getting to use his creativity while also income over here, you know, mm-hmm. and um, his wife is, uh, uh, him, and his, she stays at home with the kids, and they have a three and a half year old, a two year old, a one year old, and one on the way. And so we're so super excited about that, and, um, you know, they'll have four kids four and under. <laughs> and it's a lot, yeah. and it can be chaos. And, um, but you know, just like I tell every mom, um, you know, if he calls you to homeschool, he'll equip you. Mm -hmm. You know, I believe that word in the Bible. I use that even with my moms in delivery he gave you this baby, he opened your womb, and he equips those he's called. So he's going to equip you through the labor, and he's going to equip you through motherhood. Mm-hmm. And if he calls you to homeschool, you know, I'd say the same thing, that God's given you all you need to train and educate your children at home. Whatever you need, he's going to equip you for, you know? Yeah. And so I just, I, I love that even Hunter and Morgan are um, on this journey of, of four kids, four and under. And it's it's been really neat to just pray for them and encourage them and know that, you know, their quiver is full and they're mm. raising mighty arrows and, um, and we're all getting to learn with them of what that looks like, you know? And then, um, Rachel, uh, has two degrees in English and psychology, no children, and they live in Virginia.
1: So that's the wide range of kiddos. It's so it's so fun. Yeah. I wanted more, I wanted so many more children. And, um, but,
2: uh, after we had three, uh, that are with the Lord. And so we did have eight. We both Mm -hmm. wanted eight when we got married. Mm -hmm. And so we actually had eight, but, uh, I would have had even more here Mm -hmm. on earth. But the time after Ethan was, it was the time to, to be done. (laughs) Yeah. I,
0: I, we have the joy of having your daughters and daughter-in-law in in our Walden free group now. And it's so sweet. It's so sweet to see how they've just, They've chosen to step into this call to homeschool. And like I said earlier, it's just a testament to that, you know, I I recently saw something where somebody basically just felt that their homeschool experience was terrible and that anybody who homeschools their kids is ruining them and Mm. setting them up for failure in life. and you know, just really horrible things, and it was really shocking to me, because it was somebody I know, and it was just really shocking to read this, and I was, and I immediately was like, that's so untrue, I mean, I have so many friends that were homeschooled, mm. that are choosing to homeschool, I see your daughters that um, are choosing to homeschool, and it's it's just a lie that, um, and and it's not to say that there aren't bad experiences. Mm-hmm. But if you are if you truly feel called to this and if you feel um this is the right thing for your family, then you're going to be a good homeschooler because that yes. right there like yes. is going to help you get through yes. all of it. And you're going you're not going to leave your kids Um, behind you are going to equip them Mm -hmm. and you know I think the best part of homeschooling is is we're actually getting them ready for the real world yeah more so than traditional school is because we're able to I mean you talk about you can bring your kids to the grocery store one of my favorite things to do is to bring my kids to the grocery store Mm -hmm. and say you have this much to spend pick out something that's healthy Mm -hmm. that you want to make and they have to do math and they get to right. learn about food and they have to learn like, oh, we have a budget. Because also it's important to them because they think there's a part of our world that credit cards are just magical mm-hmm. money. And I just want to tell them that's not true. Right. <laughs> we have a budget
1: to live by. We can't just buy things and or things that just don't appear. And so... Um, That's so funny because when our children were growing up, um, we had learned the cash envelope system. Uh
2: And they would ask, you know, can we go or can we go to Sonic or can we go here? And I'd say, go look in the envelope. We had an envelope just for the kids. And I'd say, go look in the envelope and see if we have enough. And they'd have to count it up and see if there was enough for five kids to go to the 50 Cent movie. Yeah. And if it wasn't there, it was on that envelope, like it was in, it was the envelope's fault. It wasn't mom and dad's yeah. fault, you know, but it was fun that we could, you know, they could be a part of learning the value of money, counting it, you know, and, and I remember Hannah would go, well, several of them would go, but, um, we would, uh, it, back then we'd do coupons and, and truthfully back then. Seventy-five cent triple coupons was two twenty-five off every item, and I could get six or seven hundred dollars worth of groceries for eighty bucks. Right? Oh, wow! But of course, it's not what I would eat now. <laughs> um, but it sure was the provision we needed. And mm-hmm. I had stocks and stocks of food that I gave away all the time and toothpaste and cleaning. And it was, it was a way to bless others in that season. Um, but anyway, the kids would count the coupons and two twenty five off this two fifty 50 item, mom, that toothpaste only going to be 25 cents, you yeah. know? And so it's true. We were able to teach them, you know, uh, life skills in our everyday life yes. while we're homeschooling and, not to mention that we could go on vacation in May and September and not have crowds <laughs> in the Amen cheaper that. season. Like Amen. we're we're going to the beach at the end of September this year, and because um, we've learned that that's when it's cheaper and no yes. crowds. You yes. know. And so it's just fun that um, we had freedom in homeschooling to you know do different things mm-hmm. and not be bound to that eight to four. And also, I found out that when I had you know. Uh, even when we did some homeschool co-ops sometimes. Five kids coming home with different homeworks, you know, different homework and different lessons and things that had to be done and folders that had to be ready for the next day.
1: Homeschooling was so much less stressful than that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, right? Amen. Because you
2: only answer to yourself. <laughs> yes. Not to, you know, five teachers per child.
0: Even school drop-off is stressful to me. The thought of it is stressful to me. Trying to make it somewhere on time?
2: Nope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So take the pressure off, moms. Just mm-hmm. know that you are. If you are called to homeschool, then then you as their mom are equipped to train them. And just mm-hmm. take the pressure off that it has to look like anybody else or any 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 other way except what mm-hmm. his says yours look like. And just stay away from comparison.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh, Instagram. Do not look strive for the Instagram yes. homeschool.
2: Yes. And I love your Instagram, Brittany, because. Um, again I did't have some of the stuff that even you're showing now and I love that when you present yours you give this full picture and then you say sometimes we don't do this part of it you know mm-hmm. and you know sometimes this these two I think I remember one time you tell me a couple of your child children did you know, it this way and then another child didn't do that same curriculum the same way or didn't do it at all yeah and i love how when you're sharing you're putting this whole picture out but there's not a demand on it has to still look like this i'm just giving you some um ideas you know in different ways that you know might help you and i think if as homeschool moms um we would be open to just constantly encouraging giving what works um, answering questions, be willing. I think about Rachel Page. Um, uh, you mentioned her a while ago, and didn't really expand on that. But I was always willing. I counted it an honor if somebody would ask me a question, mm-hmm. right? Instead of, oh my gosh, I don't want to answer another question. And I am sure I did ask a lot of questions. I'm a question asker. Mm-hmm. Ask her, <laughs> and and being able to ask questions and people not getting frustrated with you is huge. Mm -hmm. If somebody's asking a question for a recipe or, you know, how you do something or whatever, if we would learn to count it an honor that someone would ask us a question. And then if they do something just like us, even count that more of an honor and not go, Oh, I don't want them copying me, Mm -hmm. you know, or whatever. I think that we'd have more successful, um, conversations and more successful, um, even homeschool parents and mothers and wives, you know, I ask so many questions, even as a wife, Hey, how do you do this? Or how do you respond to your husband or whatever? Why aren't we learning? Aren't we supposed to grow with each other? Yes, You know, so if we can honor people who ask us questions and and be able to, you know, serve in that way. Mm -hmm. And if we can be willing to ask questions and say, I don't know, I need help. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's beautiful in 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 that environment to grow together
0: yeah and you do a great job of that because you know you have that heart for that multi-generational um lit lifestyle and you know you've started a group with within our church to where you know you're meeting with women of all stages and ages and I just and I love that because that's something that we have gotten away from in our in our world today is that village. It does take a village. Yes, It takes the wisdom of the older women, but it also takes the humility of the older women women to teach us that you don't even have it all figured mm-hmm. out still. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it, it just, we, we were allowed mm-hmm. to work together and teach each other and support one another. And that's just, that's the way the Lord set it up. I mean, that's why, you know, even Abraham, when he was traveling in the wilderness to get
1: to Canaan, <laughs> yes. he
0: had a whole village with him because it really did take a whole village even though they had to pop up tents Mm -hmm. and had all these livestock it just it took a village and all these different parts to keep life moving and we just we we've abandoned that aspect of it and so like I want to honor you and just let you know that I appreciate your Mm -hmm. voice and I'm just going to encourage other women. If you don't have an older mentor, somebody that has, and even it, it really doesn't even have to be another homeschool. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a homeschool veteran, because an older woman to speak wisdom into your life. And so that way, um, even though they may not have experience with homeschooling, they will have um, wisdom in parenting, mm-hmm. wisdom in being a mother, being mm-hmm. a daughter of the king. Like there's mm-hmm. just there's a lot that with a, a, a person. I mean, Charlotte Mason didn't have any children of her own mm-hmm. yet. Everybody in the Charlotte Mason world puts her on a pedestal and thinks, wow, she really knows kids and all, but she didn't have children of her own. <laughs> and so it's, it's like, if we can look at a woman like that and, um, for wisdom, um, you know, it just goes to show we, we need like actual women in our lives. To do that too it's great to read her words it's great mm-hmm. to read you know especially read um sally clarkson yes. it's just and cindy rotland's there's just so many amazing voices out there but having somebody in your life
2: every day is really different um, oh, yeah i remember rosie was man she became my friend and mentor and we're still friends today uh but and she had you know raised and homeschooled three and started the homeschool you know co-op and um and just watching Her pour into so many moms and just say it's gonna be okay. Mm. Relax, it's gonna be okay. You know, okay, let's figure out something for this one and this one, and it's not gonna look the same. And just you know, having that encouragement um, on a daily for me um, was huge. It was huge, and I have to say, you know, I I do. I have a multi generational life group here on Monday nights, and ages twenties to fifty three, which I'm fifty three. And I'm not. I will be 53 in August, <laughs> and um, and so it's been really good for me to learn from them, mm-hmm. and it's humble. I, it's humbling, and I hunger to learn from the younger generation because it's it's beautiful. I'm watching my children parent, and I'm watching them say, okay, you know, I'm not going to mention names, but let you know, just say one of them might say, you know, well, they're. They're frustrated, Mm -hmm. but they don't know why they're frustrated, Mm -hmm. right? Instead of like just ripping them up and spanking them, they say, you know, okay, can you explain why you're frustrated? Mm -hmm. Can you really talk to me and and tell me why you're frustrated right now? Because I want to understand, you know, because they're expressing their self in a behavior because they don't really know what they're feeling, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just been so beautiful to watch my daughters um, teach me how to teach their children, mm-hmm. you know, and really honor their way of parenting. And they might each parent a little bit differently. And I get to honor how each one of them are raising their children when they're in my home. You yeah. know, even if I wouldn't do it exactly the same, um, it's my joy to honor them and do it in their way yeah. and how they feel led to to raise their children. And um, And maybe sometimes I feel like I can input and maybe sometimes I don't. And then I'll just pray, Lord, give them wisdom. Yeah. You know, give them wisdom to parent this particular child, you know, and, uh, but in that, you know, multi-generational life group, we were sitting around the other night and saying, so, you know, how do you do this? And I would, I asked them questions. So what did you do when, and what are you doing now when, and to see that we did a lot of things the same and some things they might be doing that I probably didn't agree with, but I honored how they're doing it. But then other things I'm like, wow, I wish I had, I wish I had known that I would have been equipped to do that, mm-hmm. you know? And, um. But I can't go back with regrets again. But if somebody comes and says, what would you do? I can take something I've learned from a younger
1: person and give it to someone else. Yeah, that's so good. So it's been really fun. That's been fun too. So good. Is there anything else that we didn't
0: cover that you want to share? I know you have so much wisdom. So I don't, I want to make sure, because I know people are probably like, I need to sit down with this lady in person. (laughs) Everybody's going to wish that they lived here and had you.
2: Um I guess the only other thing I think I would add is um just really create um what's the word create rituals not the word what am I talking about like sitting Rivens. around the t- sitting around the dinner table or praying together mm-hmm. or you know just creating moments and memories that are consistent for your children because it brings safety you know, for them, it brings places where they'll open up, create a place in your home where they want to bring their friends. You know, that mm. was one of the neatest things with my kids growing up is they would have all their friends over and they would lead a worship night mm. without us, you know, we just gave the house, you know, or they invite their friends, you know, to come eat and hang out. And and I always wanted their the kids to know that it was safe there for them to bring their kids and or their friends. And to this day... I mean, like to this day, we are still friends with their friends and we hang out and see them and, and just have created, you know, they're like family too, you know, but just, I just want to encourage the rhythms of eating together and talking at the table and, and, and talking about wins, you know, and, and, you know, I know I've heard highs and lows, but whatever, you know. And, and asking them, you know, how could mom have done, be willing to be humble, be willing to apologize, be willing to own your stuff to your children because that will teach them to do the same, you know? And, um, I think that's the biggest thing. And I think, I think we did pretty well at that. And I can see times that, you know, we were probably defensive Mm
1: -hmm. and,
2: um, and I hate that. You know, I, I remember having a conversation recently with one of my girls and, um, I don't remember exactly what she said. And she was like, can you just own it? (laughs) And I I had to go back later and say, you know what? I'm sorry. You're right. I was defensive, you know, and, um, but just really creating those rhythms that they can remember, you know, and I remember just always praying together that they, every one of them will tell you about the times that we've prayed together and seen God answer, you know, like they wanted to go on a vacation, but we needed $2,000 and we weren't going to go if we couldn't pay cash and how God provided $2,000 in five days, but they prayed with wow. us, you know, or the different things that God has done because we came together and we prayed. And and you want to establish those kind of moments and those kind of holy moments and memories that your children get to look back to that they can want that they want to actually bring into their legacy. Yeah. You know? Um so just yeah, just creating those spaces. Um and um yeah I guess that would be it. And that, that you can do it. You can do it. You're yeah. equipped to do and train your child because he called you to be their mom, not someone else to be their mom. Mm. Wow,
0: so good. And I and I love that what you this that ending point that you brought up was not even about necessarily school and education. It was just about being their mom, about being their parent, and um, being present and not um, putting that above. Because it's so, it is hard to be mom and teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, but first and foremost, God gave you them as their mother yeah. to steward their hearts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you?
1: I know you've mentioned a few people, but who's your homeschool hero? I would probably still say Rosie Watson and Sally Clarkson. <laughs> they
2: really, um, that truly. I mean, without Rosie, I don't think I would have. I, I, I would have. So let me rephrase that. (laughs) I would have made it through. It made it much easier to have um, her Mm -hmm. to mentor me and, and give me encouragement when I thought I don't know how to handle this particular situation in this one because she'd gone before me.
1: Mm-hmm. She had
2: already done it with three kids. You know, she was just a step ahead of me, and sometimes that's all it takes. It just takes someone that was just a little step ahead of you to encourage you. You know, and then um, and then just Sally, she just is so gentle mm. and peaceful. And I know she wasn't always. She grew and learned. You know, mm-hmm. she's very open and vulnerable, um, but she just brings a lot of peace to chaos with her encouragement and and how to. Um, again, it's it's what we've been given to steward. It's about the hearts we're stewarding before. It's about what they're
1: learning. Yeah, you know, and I think I learned that from her more than anybody. So, it's so good that you mentioned an author. And that we
0: all, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, everybody, if you don't know Sally Clarkson, you need to go buy one of her mini
2: books. Because Let's say that. What's your favorite amazing. right now that you would encourage people? Oh, there one? man. She didn't
0: have all the books out. I know. She has so many now. That's so hard. You know, I, I just finished um, this year reading, um, "Giving Giving Your Words... Um, it's her, one of her newest books. She comes out with a book all the time. She's she's a writer. The Lord has gifted her there. And so she can just, I mean, the Holy Spirit speaks fast in her pen. But, um, she, that, that one was really good because for me, because, um, I have to, for me, I, I want to give my kids, um, the proper, um, Words, a healthy thought life, healthy words, how you speak to yourself, and like, and that starts with how we talk to them. And um, That's so and she wrote that with her husband Clay, and actually, I think Clay wrote it. They wrote it. To, he mostly wrote it, but um, because I think she was just had surgery or something. But it was so phenomenal. It was, it was something I needed, um, especially because I'm entering that pr- the, the preteen years mm-hmm. with one of my children, and I just mm-hmm. know this this time is. Um, important, mm-hmm. and I felt like it equipped me to just and even reading some of the things with my husband Rusty, you know, just really talking through some of the points that they brought up in that mm-hmm. book, and the they give you app, like you know step uh, action points. Mm-hmm. And it just really, it really got me. But I also love life-giving table, too. Yeah. Because we love to entertain. We love to have people at our house. Mm -hmm. And so it was, um, but also to teach our kids, um, you know, walk through that with our kids. It just encouraged me to to make it a point to um, continue to eat dinner together, but also to teach our kids how to be hosts
2: as well. Oh, I love that. Do you have a favorite? I love that. Um, Well... I would say, um, I like that and, but really, oh gosh, I don't even remember what it was called, but you know, first of all, we had just the wholehearted child booklet mm-hmm. that, that's all I had, mm-hmm. like that's all I had forever. And, um, but I, I, I literally go to her blog. Yeah. yeah, you know, but I want to read the the giving your words. words. Yeah, I want to read that. See, I don't think you're ever too old to read something and learn because it can change my words with my husband, my
1: children today, yes. my grandchildren. You know, so now I might like be borrowing that one. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's it's so,
1: so good. Um, thank you so much for doing this with me. I know it'll
0: bless so many people. Like I said, people are going to be like wishing they were near you because you have obviously. Um, so much wisdom and, um, humility in, in your words and your experience. And you've just
2: displayed that today. So thank you so much. You're so kind. You're so welcome. And, um, I know I didn't get it all right. Um, but I love just the, the redemption of God and just the full circle of being able to uh, share what I would do and what I wouldn't do Mm -hmm. and be able to own that. So someone else doesn't you know, have to, you know, even make the same mistakes I made, and um, I think that's the that's the full, beautiful picture, you know, of, of growing and getting older in the generations, is being able to pass something down, and, and I for sure didn't do it all right, and could have done things so different in other areas, um, but God is just good. He's just a good, good father to make all things right and beautiful, mm-hmm. and um, so thank you for having me. It's an honor. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.